0: Tests, diarrhea, hair thinning or loss, vomiting, rash, and loss of appetite. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback.
2: Hello somebody, today I caught up with my little sis, Representative-elect Cori Bush. That's Cori Anika Bush, baby. You might remember we connected back in August right after she won her primary. Yes, today we reconnected about her plans and she's now official. Just gotta wait for the swearing in ceremony, but it is official. She is the Congresswoman in the great state of Missouri, representing St. Louis, St. Louis. Yes, she is. Here we go. Come on in. Come come with us. So the last time we talked, you had just won your primary, and here we are now talking again, and you just won your general.
1: (laughs) How are you feeling? Yes. I'm feeling, you know, relieved you know cuz that period between the win as great as it was it was still like that ca- that carrot was still dangling in front of my face it was like you know keep trying to get to it and so finally we're here and i'm just i'm ready to do the work i'm so excited i'm so ready you know i just it's like it's like i uh i had the wedding you know for the marriage now is the marriage, so I just, it's like I just went to the social security office and changed my last name or something,
2: you know? <laughs> you just went to the social security <laughs> office and changed your last name, I'm loving it. <laughs> I love the description of how you're feeling right now. You know, I watched you, I, I, I tuned in live to your Instagram a couple of days ago. Was that earlier this week you did an interview with a hometown yeah. person? Yeah, I was yes. When you went live, what? I went in with you and you were at the radio station. And I forget his name. What's his name? D. D Smooth. D. Smooth. D. Smooth was so, he said you were, of course, I know you're a woman of your word, but he just really emphasized how important it was and what a beautiful thing it was that even though you had won the primary and it was just a few days before the, one day I think before the general, but you promised him you were coming back and you did just that.
1: (laughs) Absolutely. I am I truly believe, you know, and I think just going through all that I've gone through, and I know that you understand this, um, rocking with the people who rock with you before, you know, before you, you know, before you became a name or before you had some type of clout or notoriety, the people that believed in you before and gave you a chance, I believe that we have to go back to them and then use our platform, our new platform to help highlight what they're doing. Um, and like, that's what you, that's what you've done for us, you know? And that's why I'm right here with you again. You know, it's like, well, first of all, cause you're my big sister, but the other part <laughs> is, you know, because you paid attention and, and not only that you paid attention, you highlighted, you brought awareness, you mentored, you know, before everything. And so of course, you know, I'm coming right back, you know, to make sure that, you know, I'm with you now. So I'm not gonna be one of those people that forget the people that
2: really were there. So let me ask you, what moves you?
1: Mm, You know, knowing that the situations we have, our struggles are temporary. That moves me knowing that it does not have to be this way. So it's like, oh, we don't have to have dirty water. Oh, well, yeah. what do we need to do to fix it? Oh, we don't have to, you know, be uninsured. We don't have to live in violence. We don't have to be hungry. Those people, those people, you know, that are making these decisions don't have to be the people making the decisions. Oh, really? That's what moves me. So it's like, okay, <laughs> you know, the fact that I know that we can make change, that that does it. And then knowing that... um, it's about showing up. You yeah. can't get there if you won't show up.
2: Is there anything that you that has touched you between the primary and this moment? Oh my gosh,
1: so much. I mean, I think I cry every day. You know, I there is something every single day that brings me to tears. Um, mm. You know, people in the district. <clears throat> you know, uh, there is this thing. Locally, where um, it's said that people here don't speak to each other. We mm-hmm. don't say hello. We mm-hmm. don't talk to each other. We don't greet each other. If we see somebody coming, we'll turn, or you know, to just to not have to engage them, you know, or we'll look at them and we just won't speak. We won't say anything. Um, just such a hard place, such a hard city. Um, but the way that people have been like now just coming up, just like, Oh my gosh, I love you. I love this. I'm like, it's just been this excitement across this district that, and it just brings me to tears all the time. It's children, it's adults, black women have been like feeling like, yes, like they like this new, like new wine, you know, it has it that, that just moves me so much. And, um, You know, it's just so much just the fact that people really feel represented right now, even though I'm not even sworn in yet. But they're already feeling represented. The fact that my team is still my team, you know, that we were able to like stay together through all of this. And they're still excited, wanting to come back to work, you know, uh, all of that. And the little kids that come up to me, children come up to me and they just run and hug me. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> you know, like, you know, that is what it is. Like,
2: children are watching. For the full conversation between me and Congresswoman Bush, head on over to patreon.com forward slash hello somebody and become a member. And here's my conversation with then Corey Bush just before her primary win back in August. Today is a day to celebrate. I am excited to introduce you to my sister girlfriend. She's a nurse, a pastor, a single mother, and an activist. She became a prominent voice in the protests in Ferguson, Missouri after the murder of Michael Brown. She's overcome homelessness as a young mother and most recently fought off attacks in her run to be the first black woman elected to serve the great state of Missouri in Congress. She is a true, capital T-R-U-E, true progressive, who stands with the working class. She is none other than Cory Bush. Congratulations, Cory, on your victory in Missouri's Democratic primary. You are well on your way to Congress. How you feeling?
1: I am great. It's it's a like a whirlwind. You yeah. know I just don't know. I still don't know what happened. You know, it's just like
2: <laughs> What do you mean you don't know what happened? God happened.
1: Faith God happened. Happen. Work happened. happened. But, you happened. Oh my gosh. You know, it it's one of those things where like you know that something you know that you're supposed to do this thing and you know that this is going to be the outcome of it but it's so like surreal so grand and and it's so huge that you don't actually you know it's kind of like will that thing really happen and then it happens and it's like God did what he said but oh my god
2: <laughs> but faith you know. without works is dead pastor Cory Bush is. it is it and, is and you put some work on that faith baby <laughs> oh my lordy 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 between you and Amy and Paula Jean, I mean, you guys have been on this journey together for a long time, and really have really yeah. stuck together. Especially yeah. you and Amy, and then we got new sisters in our circle with Dr. Victoria Dooley yeah. coming down to be with you in Missouri in St. Louis. Yes, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh my God! And you know what I'm remembering, and when we in twenty in 2018 when you ran for the very first time, and you and I were at the museum. Oh my gosh! Remember yes. what was the name of the museum?
1: That was the old courthouse.
2: The old courthouse, and yes. so the Dred Scott case Dred Scott. happened yes. in your yes. state. And I don't know if you remember how like overwhelmed and giddy and crazy oh, I was
1: feeling. Okay. I'll never forget. I'll never forget. You were like, I gotta go see. I gotta go see the Dred Scott. Where the Dred Scott case occurred. I gotta see it. And when we went in, you, the way, the look on your face, because you even went live. On,
2: yeah, uh, that's right. We sure did. Know? We went yeah. live. Yes, we did. We went
1: live. Yes, And, and I was just looking at you because I'm like, I haven't heard anybody talk about that, like, know that much about the Dred Scott case that's not from here.
2: The Dred Scott case of 1857 is basically a case about two enslaved people, Dred and Harriet Scott, and they were in the slave state of Missouri. But their owner had traveled back and forth into free states and therefore the Scots believed that they had a right to be free since they were being transported into free states. So they sued and their case went to the Supreme Court in 1857 and it's official title is the Dred Scott versus Stanford case. And chief justice Roger B. Taney gave two reasons why he ruled against the Scots. Now you got to remember that this case really had a ripple effect It's one of the most consequential Supreme court rulings in the United States of America, because it made it very clear if it wasn't clear already that black people had no rights to citizenship in this country. So the justice writing for the majority of the court said, and I quote that, well, African-Americans, he didn't use the term African-Americans now, and I quote, had no rights, which the white man was bound to respect. So if he has no rights and she has no rights, which the white man is bound to respect, that means that they cannot be treated equally under the law and therefore cannot bring lawsuit. So that was one. And then the other rationale he gave for the ruling was that slaves were property. And so if you are property, your owner, your slave master has a right to take you anywhere they want at any time on any day. So the Dred Scott case of 1857, the chilling impact that it had on the lives of African Americans all over the country. Wrap your minds around that. If you want more information about this case, you can certainly look in our show notes and and we have more.
1: You know, I just hadn't heard that before and yeah. you went in, you know, I'm like, but that was such a it was such a moment that we had and you know, I just thank you forever, you know, forever for always just extending, you know, your heart and being so um accessible, you know, to me to Amy and to Paula, you know, um, you know, you're you're helping to build the whole movement, you know, just
2: one person at a time and
1: we appreciate it.
2: Thank you. I love you guys and I'm really go- glad that God I mean, for you and I, we don't have to mince words. We are believers, and I know that everybody who will join us on this experience may not necessarily believe what we believe, but we are okay. believers. You are a pastor. I consider myself, I'm not a pastor, but I'm in this ministry, baby, and... <laughs> I'm just really glad that God brought all of us together to to touch one another in different ways and to be there for each other. We have a text chain that people don't know about, but we text each other (laughs) on a regular basis, all kinds of stuff, like WTF moments and (laughs) lifting each other up moments. And did you see this? And then our memes, our memes say it all. Our memes are everything. 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 Oh, yeah. my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. So, we yeah. are sisters, but I'm big sis, probably because I'm a little older, but also, I'm big sis. I've been on, on the journey a little longer, Long. too.
1: Exactly. So,
2: it's yeah. not it's not just an age thing. No.
1: Uh-uh. It's no. not an
2: age thing at all. You know, let me tell you, I don't feel like it's an age thing with my sisters, but I, you know, somebody got to be the big sister. And yeah. I am the yeah. big, I'm the oldest it's, sister of my It's,
1: it's honor. Yeah. That's what it is. It's about honoring and it's about respecting the, you know, you, you respect those who have sown in and done the work. So that's what that
2: is. No, I appreciate that. I love you guys. You look fabulous. <laughs> I said to myself this morning when I got a one good thing about this bad situation we're in with COVID is that I hope that women are rethinking why we always got to put on some damn makeup. Right. Men don't have to. It's not even the expectation of them. And I do understand, especially in my TV life, you know, my, my political commentary life on CNN and other places that it's something about the camera, you know, and makeup. Like I, I, I had to come to learn that. However, still, and men just get a little powder and they done, you know, and as a woman, I'm still in that chair, like 40 minutes later when my male (laughs) colleague got up out the chair. All I'm saying to women is that I hope that this moment and and shout out to Alicia Keys for embracing yeah. the no makeup kind of makeup look where you just put a little powder on and if you love right. lashes or mascara or lips right. you just put that on baby and you look in that mirror and you say God all that you have given me is good.
1: That's right. It's <laughs> good. So I'm
2: saying that to say to you because I, I saw that look on your face when when Tina said, you know, we're gonna use snippets. You look <laughs> good, baby. See, God already gave you the foundation. Ain't nothing wrong with a little enhancement, but I'm just really concerned that women and then we give that we pass that down to our girls, feel I an know. obligation right to always put on makeup. How do you right. feel about that, sis?
1: Yeah, yeah. I, you know, um, I agree with you, you know, when I'm on, like, just on a regular day, if I don't, if I'm not in, on a camera, I'm not putting makeup on. You're getting these lashes and some lip gloss, you know. That's if all you need. You know? Yeah. But on a, um, but when I, when I'm on television, though, because sometimes I've seen it, it's like, you know, some of my skin tone is uneven or whatever, yes. I'm like, I should have had on makeup, but my daughter... My daughter has beautiful skin tone. She has the lashes that I wish I would have had. She has the, you know, and I'm like, she's like, I want to get lashes. I'm like, what for? No, you don't need lashes. You don't need to do your eyebrows. Yeah. Have your eyebrows done like nothing. Just be you. And, you know, so I'm trying to get her to understand that. You're trying to emulate everybody else, but you have what we use makeup for, you know.
2: Come on. you know.
1: Um, so that's what I try to teach her. I And I'll say this. One good example she wanted she wanted to get uh, acrylic nails when she was younger and i was like no i tell you what you grow your nails out and i'll let you put um some gel polish on top of it yes. and, and and then when you get 16 um um you can make a different decision if you want so she did that and then she hit 16 and she was her nails were so long she was like i don't wear fake nails you know she was like, i don't wear acrylic you know um, so she learned that her beauty was her own come
2: on <laughs> and, and, and there's nothing wrong with enhancements, and you're absolutely right. right. It's the lighting and stuff on television that makes it a little more compelling. But I'm talking about when right. people feel as though they can't wake up in the morning and appreciate. Right. Uh-huh. Yeah. God made some people are what we would consider extra, 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 extra beautiful. And I say that because I think all people are beautiful. There's something we beautiful are. about Everybody, hello, somebody, everybody, somebody. That's what we say on hello, somebody. And then aesthetically, there are some people who were just given extra, extra, extra. If you start with everybody's beautiful and then move to extra, 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 it's a little bit better to deal with on the human spirit and human psyche than to just prop some people up. Meanwhile, making other people feel bad. None of us could control how... God brought us into this world. And so we got to find some beauty. And it's just all of the pressure from weight to makeup to to our hair. Jesus, don't get me started about the politics of black women's hair. Sure. Yeah, I'm trying to
1: tell you, I won the race like this. Like that. You know, with
2: my braid. Wakanda, Wakanda forever. Right. Yes. <laughs> they, they, they went ball style in Wakanda, but baby, the braid, uh, mother, the, the queen. Okay. She had that, 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 that braid thing going on. Talk about it. So, okay. So sister boys, we all, of, first of all, I want to just, I want people to know, they probably already know this. what a badass you are. And everybody is not in that category. You're not a fake badass. You're not somebody that was just given that title because you won an office. I don't see you as a rock star, I see you as a servant leader Thank who you. is going to bring to bear all yeah. of the power and the love and the justice that God has put into you, starting with when nobody knew that you would yeah. be in this moment. Ferguson, can we talk about Ferguson 2014?
1: Yeah, that, you know, I agree with that because that's why I hit the ground in Ferguson. It was because I just wanted to serve. I was thinking, I'm, a, I'm you know, I'm a clergy. You know, I'm a nurse, so I could be a medic. Let me just lend my skills to the street, you know. But Ooh. when I got, I didn't know what being a protester was. Yeah, You know, I just hit the street and then ended up, you know, praying with people, ended up, um, you know, um, bandaging, you know, people's wounds and, you know, treating people for tear gas. Um, uh, And I stayed because I'm trying to figure out, like, where, where, when does justice happen? And so that's the reason why I continued on out there, and it just turned into, to me protesting and me organizing, you know, it turned into me dro- dropping my literal blood on the street. It turned into me getting my car shot up. You know, it turned into, you know, so many things. It turned into me seeing people being um, harassed and brutalized like I never thought I would see in my own lifetime in my community, you know. And that thing has stuck with me, you know, the, how heavily we were surveilled. And even to this day, you know, six people out of the Ferguson um, uprising have, been, have have died um, or been murdered in sus- really suspicious um, ways. Yeah. You know we. You know um, I've been targeted so much, and you know all the things that have, that have happened to me. But because my, my purpose is to serve and to, and to help other people to not end up in the situations I've been in, to stop what's happening. Why did I do all of that if I won't push it forward to make sure that it does, doesn't happen to someone else? So that's why I'm doing it. That's why that's why I keep going. And that's what this seat in Congress is about. Look, I saw how other other uh, communities were getting changed. Ferguson was the one that started the thing. So, so St. Louis and Missouri should have been where a lot of, change happened initially but it wasn't it was happening in other places and it was like dang it's just because the people that have the pen the people that can make those decisions after we protest the people in the office the people in elected seats weren't doing the same work they weren't being the serving leaders the same way we were so that was it
0: you know a spot but not just a spot the spot actually with the 2023 Nissan Frontier you know a bunch of them But the key to these great spots, being able to reach them in the first place. Your spot is out there. Find your frontier in the 2023 Nissan Frontier with standard 310 horsepower, advanced tech, and 281 pound-feet of torque. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
2: So you came at this. There was a gnawing on your heart to go into Ferguson and to be on the streets with the people. What are some of the lessons that you learned from being on the street side by side with people who were just crying out for justice?
1: Well, one thing that I learned was that I was in this bubble, which is okay if other people are, but I was in this bubble of being a black woman in America, you know, being a single black uh, mother in America, and I was so I was just always struggling and fighting just to take make sure that my kids were alive, to try to put food on the table. Um, and I didn't see that there were other people hurting in, in ways that I hadn't understood, or you know, I didn't understand what my Latinx community was going through and how um, how you know the struggles that they have just being undoc some of them undocumented in America. I didn't understand what our LGBTQ community was going through, especially our trans community and how and the discrimination and how much, they, you know, they're targeted and murdered. You know, yes. I, didn't, I, I didn't understand our um, our uh, Palestinian community and just um, just the things that they were fighting, not only locally, but even back some of them in their homes at, mm-hmm. at home um, across the pond. You know, I just didn't. I didn't understand it. I didn't know that that thing was something I needed to care about. But being on the streets of Ferguson, because we all came together, we were all able to like hear and listen and be side by side and hear each other's struggles, and that changed me. And it was like, you know, if if you are if you are God's love expressed. You are supposed to be the one out here, you know, helping to bridge gaps and helping bring unity. How how do you do that regularly if you don't even know the struggles and you won't even stick with the people that have a need? So that is what I've been continuing to try to bring
2: forward. And when you when was the moment that you decided that the path, the journey that has been rocky for you? I mean, you have been homeless. Yeah. uh, Sleeping in the car with your two babies. Yeah. Your son and your daughter. Yeah. <laughs> you are a nurse. You've had yeah. moments where you have not had health care, yet you advocate for Medicare for all. But I mean I shouldn't say uninsured right now. But I know you 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 leaned in very heavily on your life story. Your opponent tried to use your trials and tribulations against you. Mm-hmm but you used your trials and tribulations to draw your connection. Not, not, yes. not a theoretical connection, a real yes. lived connection yes. with the people you will have the honor to serve next year yes. Yes. in an elected capacity. Because I want to make it clear that you have been a servant all along. Hello, somebody. You've been <laughs> serving all along. So how did you get the courage to encourage other people by your lived experience with your opponent and detractors wanted to make it blemishes that made you unfit to serve? Yeah,
1: I remember the moment. Um, It was, um, I was almost murdered by an abusive partner. And um, and I'll never forget, it was just when I realized that I didn't
2: die.
1: I said that, I wanted to tell somebody what happened. And I just wanted to tell one person, just like a a, a clergy member or somebody just to tell them. And when I told them, the look on their face, when I told them, and it was like, oh my gosh, like that, that happened to me. I'm looking to them for help and they're like, that happened to me. But I could never talk about it the way you just spoke about it to me. And I saw in that moment how that helped that person that I was trying to get help from And so I went on and started talking to other people that had been in that type of situation before. And I started just like giving testimonies in churches and stuff like that. And I just realized, I saw how it was helping people. So I continued to do that. And then when, like, even when that was brought up, you know, um, in all of those mailers, the Congressman was talking about, you know, just trying to just, um, you know, just debase me really. Um, The thing is, what what he missed was we are that group, the group of people that, he, what he was talking about is the group of people that felt um, underrepresented or not represented at all in this community. So yes. you're slapping us again. You know, we didn't feel like you, that's the thing. Now the people feel like, oh, somebody connects with me and somebody cares about me because I was open about having my struggle. You know, I didn't try to hide those things. I have been open from the beginning that I struggled paycheck to paycheck and been unhoused and all of that. Um, so even with even when he spoke about my evictions, one of those evictions was when my life, I literally, i the person choked me, I mean, I'm being real, like trigger warning, the person choked me out on my floor in my apartment, left me for dead, came back. Um, so it was a lot of you know, violence that the neighbors heard. Um, uh, my I didn't die. I woke up like the next, within like 24 hours, I guess. I called my family members over to come and help me. We got the locks changed. The person came back, the locks while the locks were changed, they couldn't get in. So they busted out all the windows in the apartment. And then my landlord evicted me. You know, and so while he's talking about, you know, making that to be like a disqualifier, I'm that shows that, you know, I've been through some stuff and there are women in this community and other people in this community that have had to go through things like that. You know, that that, that are living in shelters right now away from abusive partners. Some that are still living with an abusive partner a, a partner i stayed with the person because they helped me pay my rent. I was a low wage worker. Yeah. I was making like $7 an hour. You know, I needed help with my rent, so I stayed with the person because they were paying my bills. You know, that's a real thing.
2: It really is. Since, I mean, you're making tears well, well up in my eyes. The vulnerability in this COVID moment, we think about people who are in that same situation that you're in, and because of just even normal circumstances, you name being a low wage worker, but then when you put COVID on there, there are a lot of people right yeah. now who are, who can relate to what you're saying, that they are in relationships that they're just staying in because they cannot afford to go yeah. uh, anywhere else. Low wage worker, that makes you an essential worker, the way we define it right now. And I just thank you for your willingness to share your story. You know, growing up, I had a cousin who was being beat. I lived in an apartment building, my mother, with my mom, who was a poor working mother, my family, working family. you just making me remember her struggle. We lived next door to each other in an apartment building over a bar. This was in Florida for five slight years of my life. I lived outside of the great state of Ohio. And as a little girl, I was 11 or 12 years old. I could hear my cousin being beat every other night. And can you imagine my siblings and I, because the walls were very thin and we lived over a bar in a community. So you can just kind of wrap your mind around that kind of environment. And my cousin was being beat several times a week. And I did not understand what was going on. It was so traumatic. And then, you know, every day I have to look at this man who's beating my cousin. And I'm saying to myself as a little girl, why does she continue to stay with this fool? And I'm just 11 or 12 years old. And now looking back, I understand, you know, based on what you just said. I understand why she stayed with this. Fuck. You know what yeah. I mean? I mean, that's that's yeah. what he is. Yeah. And she got so frustrated. I mean, I could understand she had two kids who had, who lived, I mean, luckily I was protected by a wall. They actually lived in that house and she actually just one day snapped and went off on him, just stabbing him over and over again. She kicked him down the stairs. there was this big, cause we were upstairs. She kicked him uh, down the stairs. She went to trial for this. And just at that moment, the whole notion of battered woman syndrome was coming into full purview. And the judge, and I actually went to to court with my cousin and the judge actually said because of the battered women's syndrome, otherwise he would have, I don't think she had a jury I can't remember it all because I was too young, but basically I remember the judge saying that if it wasn't for this, he would have sent her away, but it was the battered women's syndrome. So sister, but I I just want to thank you for sharing that. And I know that our conversation is going to edify and lift somebody we all go through stuff. You know, Robin Roberts wrote her book, and I can't remember the title of it right now, but she has a chapter in there about how you make your mess your message. Yes. <laughs> and that's what you did, baby. You let him know. You know, even I I've had financial struggles too. You know, yeah. Beyonce has a song, I woke up like this. No, I didn't wake up like this. That's and, I mean. and you know, I've had moments where because of financial pressures in my household or being the oldest of seven children and having my mother die at the young age of forty-two and just not being, you know, just kind of not knowing and taking on too much where I've made missteps in my adult life. I've had a foreclosure, you know, I've had financial problems that people can go look up. Yeah, yeah. And when people, and I remember when I ran for secretary of state in 2014, you know, my opponent, and that was a light years away from where you are right now in terms of how people look at this stuff, but I can relate to how people try to make a trial or tribulation or traumatic time in your life, they try to use that to malign you. Yes. But what, what what that brother didn't know, what all these other people who don't understand, is that that is what makes you who you are. That is what gives you the empathy that you have for people because yes. you done went through something.
1: Yes. Yes.
2: Sister Bush. Yes. And yes. willing to share this story, man, I'm telling you, just edifying. Sister Bush, you got, you got tears uh, welling up in my eyes. So you're a mother, you a daughter, you're a sister. Yeah. Not just to <laughs> blood people, but you have sisters like myself and Amy and yeah. Paula and, and Dr. Yeah. Dooley. Yeah. You are a sister. You are a Black Lives Matter activist. People actually have to say those words when they call you Congresswoman. <laughs> Black Lives Matter activist. <laughs> and they underestimated you too let's go and talk about the day I'm talking about mainstream media I'm talking about the political pundits you ran that first time you lost by 20 points I am going to call in our sister Fantasia on this one sometimes you got to lose to win again come on somebody that's funny one of my favorite songs fantasia is my spirit force in song her and patty patty the bell mama bell but sometimes you got to lose to win again what made you decide to run this race again well i tell you just the idea so i wasn't
1: i didn't think i was going to run again i was so crushed because i was like lord i know you told me that that i was going to win and take this seat so like i was crushed it was like i don't know what um uh, what happened but when I looked over at my watch party, at that that watch party when I lost, I couldn't find my team. And I'm like, where are they? They were over huddled in a corner, already organizing the next race at the watch party. And so they continued to organize for weeks. They met without me for weeks getting ready. Um, and so a few months later, my dad was like, you know, so when you run again, this is what you need to do. And I said, Dad, I'm not, I'm not running again. He said, oh, yeah, you are. You're going to run you know, and I'm like, <laughs> you know, but then when I realized that change still still didn't happen, that our congressperson still wasn't doing anything different, that the same people that felt like they didn't have a, rep- a representative still felt that way. We still had the same problems, same, we still fluctuate number one, num- number two for homicides, and still high on, on crime, and still and like all of these problems, you know, still struggling, you know, it was like, Corey, you, you know, you didn't, um, you, you know, the miss you didn't finish the mission. So you got to go again, you, and you can't stop until you finish the mission. You stop when he tells you to stop, but right now he didn't tell you to stop. So I picked it back up, and let me tell you, I went in my prayer closet. I didn't move until I knew I had my answer. Like I, knew, I had to know that I know that I'm like I had to know. Yeah. But once I got the answer... Look, I didn't care what anybody said. You could say, well, you didn't do well enough. You need to let somebody... This is what I heard. Oh, you didn't do well enough. You need to let somebody else run. You need to give somebody else a chance. You need to do, you run for something, you know, Lord. Oh, you know, you can speak well, but maybe this just isn't for you. I, look, once I got the word that I needed to run again in my soul, yes. I did that thing you didn't care what anybody else said. And now we're here. <laughs> Come on, started
2: from the bottom. Now I'm here. Hello, somebody. woo let me let me let me let me read a quote from a a great person. She said she said they counted us out. They called me just a protester. I'm just an <laughs> activist with no name, no title and no real money. That's all they said that I was, but St. Louis showed up today. Bush said following her victory adding It is historic historic. that
1: this year of all years, we're sending a black working class single mother who's been fighting for black lives from Ferguson all the way to the halls of Congress.
2: I'm gonna tell you who said that. That was the great. She was great before she got this title. She gonna put some <laughs> extra greatness on it, and that is Congresswoman soon to be Cory <laughs> Bush. Hello, woo, baby. You laid. You laid that out. Not only did they use class and race and yes. gender, this dude even sent out a mailer that darkened your skin. Not that yes. dark. Dark skin is a beautiful thing, baby. Don't you and I we can relate. But what he was doing was. He was using the racist tropes that white people, that white, like, racists use. That was racist, what he did. and He was a black man. Come on, somebody. Yeah. Using that. Darken yeah. your skin. They tried to use our sister Linda Sorcerer against you, too. Yeah. Shout out to our sister Linda Sorcerer. Yeah. Dang, Sister Bush, you, I'm telling you, you better go and get ready to write the book. Right. Just <laughs> go and write the book.
1: You know, and the thing is, the thing that messed me up about that is that, you know, he kept he kept touting that he's the one that's the best person to go up against Trump and how he's been fighting Trump so much. But you can't fight Trump and then use his tactics. Come on. You know, you can't do that. You know, you can't be inside of what he's doing and then try to use that against like, you know, and then the other thing is this I'm your constituent no matter what. At the end of the day, I'm your constituent and what you just did, you you turned on a constituent, yes, he you did. know, in such a Terrible way as a statesman. It was vicious. Yeah, you're a statesman. You're not just a congressman. You are a statesman. You've been there more than ten years. There's supposed to be a certain level of dignity and reputation um, and character that comes with that integrity. You know, that was all lost. And I, you know, and I feel like that's what helped him lose this race because people, people were coming to me saying, you know what? They were people were running to my office, running in the door saying. I just had to come in to tell you, I got that mailer, and I'm so angry about it. I was one of his supporters, but instead, me and my family, we all voted for come you. Come on. And I had on my phone talking to my friends, telling them to vote for you. I'm at work telling people to vote for you, you know? So that's what happened. We, You know, the days are, those days of that kind of dirty politics, using those, you know, like you said, those racist tropes against people, especially of our own, you know, that's over. It's not considered... Politics
2: anymore. It's just considered reprehensible. That's it's considered, it. you know, um, bad, just bad. He went too far. He went too far, and it's you know Jamie Harrison, who's running in South Carolina, going through the same thing. Lindsey Graham did the same thing to him, and so why it's easy to jump on lizzie Graham, and we should jump on lizzie Graham. "Mum" was the word among the neoliberals and the, and the and the and the people in the know within the halls of power, in and around D.C. and across this country. I'm talking about the connected folks barely said ne'er word about what Congressman Clay did to you that was definitely hateful, spiteful, wrong all day long. And they said ne'er word. It was only people like me and your sisters that came to your rescue and called him out. In the same way that I would call out Lindsey Graham, which I did call out Lindsey Graham for what he's doing to Jamie Harrison, I call this brother out too. And we need more leaders without respect a person, baby. When Brother Malcolm X said, I'm for what is right, no matter who it's for or who it is against, that's you.
1: Look, I the, the thing is, it, you know, even though as much as I loved you coming to my rescue, sis, I, I was pissed I know that you were. took that. I was pissed that you again had to come to my rescue, that Dr. Dooley again had to come to my rescue, that, you know, that, that, that Amy Valella had to come to my rescue. We, where are all of these other leaders, you know, why weren't they speaking up? Like, why did you, and then when you spoke up, then a few other people did, you know, grab, but why do you have to lead that? Why, and, and why do black women always have to lead helping other people that's being targeted and oppressed? Why do we always have to do that? Why do we have to always stand up for other people? And then us, when does the day come when people other people say, we got this? You stand back. You know, now I will say I have been seeing more of that recently, especially since Breonna Taylor's murder. I you yes. know, you know, shout out to that family sending love and and, and everything that we can see in life, peace, and strength to you. Um but what has happened since then? I will say that I'm seeing, you know, I was actually with Charles Booker. I, I went to, um, I was in uh, Louisville, and um, there was this person. This, um, she called, she, she, the person called themselves a, a white ally. And on their back, and I posted this picture on social media. They had, um, it's something. It was something like, if they start shooting, stand behind me. And I asked the person. I went to him and I said, "Why do you have that on your shirt?" And and the person said, "Because it's true." The person said, "Because I feel like I'm on this earth to protect you. So if you black and they shooting, let them shoot me first. Mm. I was done. I was done. So things are changing that way."
2: (laughs) Girl, you messing me all up right now. I'm glad things are changing, Sister Bush. I know they're gonna change even more. I do want you to know I don't want you to wear the whole burden of that change when you get to Congress. Uh, people are going to be looking at you, looking to you. You got to do you. Take wise counsel. I know you have your kitchen cabinet, which I am proud to be a part of that kitchen, kitchen, kitchen yes. cabinet, that inner, inner circle. Yes. But just do you and don't take, you have, I mean, you feel that burden as you just said. Why, why, why? I think you're on your assignment. It's the mission that God has given you. And, and for black women overall, our assignment is different than most. When you ask, why does it always have to be us? I do believe the women who suckled babies that were not their own. While well, they're While well,
1: they're inside, yes.
2: Yeah. The women who had to endure rape and ridicule and you're angry and you're not qualified and speak only when spoken to and you gotta wear your hair a certain way and the women who were put on this earth. Because it's too, because it's too, you're looking too nice, you gotta... Come on, come on, now they're making money off our do-rag, off our culture, right? The women who were put here that way, I believe that God gave black women a special assignment. Doesn't mean that we can't have allies and co-conspirators, but what they meant for our evil, he turned into good. My goodness. Sister Bush? My My goodness.
0: available feature intelligent 4x4 cannot prevent collisions or provide enhanced traction in all conditions always monitor traffic and weather conditions this is it your moment this is your time to make your comeback with purdue global when you come back with a purdue global degree you create opportunity for yourself your family and your future it's a degree you can be proud of a degree that employers will trust and respect Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com
2: It's my little escape.
0: Now Judy's the life of the party.
2: Oh baby, mama's bringing home the bacon.
0: Whoa, take it easy Judy. Judy! <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Ch-ch-chumba. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
2: So what, are, what motivate when you are filling your heavy moments personally and, and professionally, because despite what the mother folks say, personally and professionally, where do you find solace, So, if some sister? how do you find? How do you refill your reservoir? Yeah, yeah. It it. Sometimes
1: it takes me a minute. I'll say this: like um, when that mailer, when that first mailer came out. Um, you know, even though I knew it, something like that was coming, just reading it and then reading people's responses. When some people were like, "Oh, she's a thief! Oh, this and that," you know, and just the idea of you know, and like people are really believing this, I remember I went, I started to just kind of sink inside myself for a minute and I just felt really heavy. Um, but then, so I had to go away into my, into my office and just get by myself. Um, I reached out, you know, um, to my dad and, but it wasn't until I had a minute to just say, like, it was like God remind me, you know, and, and the thing is, it was what crossed, Do you carry, like, do you get to, do you get to design your own cross? Do you get to say when you, when your cross comes, do you get to design how heavy the cross is going to be? And then at what point does Simon come in to carry the cross? Like, that's the thing, you know, and so I had to, I had to remember like, okay, this is my cross. That's all it is, you know, because the cross was overcame. So that's all it was was crossed. So, you know, what? yeah, you carry for a little while and then Simon is coming. Simon is going to come and take that cross and carry it for you, right? So, you know, as I was getting that into my spirit, you know, um, I, I, I took the time to remember that sometimes I have to just break away. And so that's what I did. And look, let me tell you, once that thing, once it reminded me how small, that's that reminder that I need. And I used to have it on my wall. I don't have it now, but just keeping things in perspective, like what is bigger? How big is this thing that that you're allowing to stay in you? This thing that's bothering you. And once I remember, wait a minute, What's bigger, you know? Then it's like I'm back, you know. And then the the thing that's bigger is my Lord, but but also the mission that He gave me, and and for me to be able to finish that mission. So this, this just small step Somebody said to me one day, they said, um, you know, you have a lot of. This was when I got ordained, actually. Part of that speech that the that um, my old pastor that my pastor gave was, you have a lot of rocks in your quarry, and he said mm. you had to step over those rocks. But he said, remember. Some of those rocks are even just pebbles. You know, you make them out, we make them out to be these big, these big
2: huge mountains and really they just pebbles. So just step right over them. <laughs> Come on. Now, That's it. do you have any, is it obviously a scripture for both of us that you draw on? Is there, do you have a favorite scripture you want to share or a favorite quote or anything yeah. like that? Yeah. Yeah. So, so,
1: um it's always greater is he that is in me. You know, that is one that keeps me. But But the other one is just remembering to be, you know, where does the city go? The city has to be set on a hill so that everybody can see it. That's how the message spreads. And So I remember, I think about that and I think about what happens when you put a candle under a bushel, (laughs) you know? And so it's always, okay, Corey, when you want to go, and you want to go high and you don't, you know, but you got to remember you got a light. That same light, somebody shine light on you and help pull you out of a dark place when somebody helped save your life. And so pull that light out of that bushel put it up on the stand so that people can receive that light and so that communities can change, so lives can change. And then I'm getting ice cream. <laughs> yes.
2: Ice cream and hot wings. Ice cream and hot wings make it all better. Not that our <laughs> trainers will appreciate what we're saying here, but... Uh... Ain't nothing like a little ice cream, you know. Our minister, ice cream. Ben himself, Ben and Jerry, he would be delighted to know. You know, I read an article since the ice cream sales ironically have gone up. Imagine <laughs> why during COVID. We're gonna need some shout good comfort. Yes, shout out to Ben and Jerry's, a socially conscious business. Yes. Uh, ben yes. and Jerry started that company that way. Let,
1: let me say, Ben and Jerry, Ben and Jerry, they helped um our movement locally to close um our workhouse we have a, a medium inst- medium um a security institution here that was um basically housing people because they were born black you know and it was just and the, the the conditions were deplorable they the conditions were so bad but they helped to put some fuel behind that movement and it was the it was voted on just a few weeks ago we got it closed it's going to be totally shut down by the end of the year. Come this on. is something that
2: we never Activists did this. Yes. Activists, activists did this. this. And, and talking about Benjamin, you can do well and do good. There is a way to do well and to do good. They're not mutually exclusive. Hello, somebody. Right. Now, how about your dad and your children? Yes.
1: My dad. Oh, my gosh. My dad, when he jumped, he was jumping up and down crying like he was so happy. My dad, you know, so initially when I, my very first run, my dad was like, nope, don't have anything to do with it. Nope. Because you're going to be the sacrificial lamb. You're not going to get the money and the support you need just because that's how people are, you know? And he was just like, no, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not supporting this because I don't want you to be hurt. But once he saw how the support was coming in, then he changed. he was like, okay, let's do this. But this time I ran, my dad has been like, he he, no one is getting past him without hearing about his daughter. Like he is fierce. I mean, he oh, he is a one man show. He just makes you know. And my dad was right by my side even when I gave my speech. You know, he's jumping up and down, crying. So he's just been amazing. And he's been so. Yesterday we did a a, a live stream with with Bernie and Um Sheeda Talib and uh, Jamal Bowman. And my dad came into the office and he had to put the the little the um Bluetooth in his ears so he could I mean he's like he was all in the middle of it you know uh, my kids they're just so excited my my kids just don't know what to do there but my daughter said recently, yesterday she said maybe this is when the people will stop treating you so bad mom she said maybe they'll see finally that you are doing good things and they'll stop treating you so bad I'm tired of people being mean mm, to you
2: mm-hmm. you know
1: my kids. You know,
2: they're amazing. I know they are. The wind beneath your wings and the fuel yes, to keep on pushing. People think it's for everybody else. It's for them babies. Come on, somebody. Yes. We've we got to make this world a better place for our babies. I'm telling you, uh, Corey Bush, I cannot wait to call you Congresswoman. I'm calling, that, calling you that right now. Uh, not yes. that you don't have a, a general. We will not take it for granted. But you were built for this moment. You were destined. You were called for a time such as this. And I agree with your baby girl, even though, you know what, new levels, new devils. So make sure baby girl know that too. It's going to be some new devils coming. But I understood exactly what she was saying is that, you know, it's really important in this society that you got to have a title to be qualified for people to, to, to all of a sudden, I'm, I'm sure you're getting phone calls and stuff that people never did before and, and folks who didn't support you, you know. I wish I had been there, girl. My my Anyway, I digress. Maybe we don't want to... No,
1: you would. You would. I'm just.
2: You You know, I just. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Some you gotta. You gotta stand on the side of right, even if it's risky. And that is what you have been doing. And it is because of people, our generations that have gone before us, and even people who are living right now in this time, showing us the courage like you guys did in Ferguson. Our ancestors laid the foundation, and we are here. We are here to continue to see it through. So Sister Bush, you have uh, fought so hard for the downtrodden, the malign, the misunderstood, the forgotten. We can just fill in the blanks. For you, what, when January rolls around I and mean, when you take that oath of office, you're gonna be taking it for so many people. What are some of the things that you want to do for the constituents that you serve who elected you and then the things that you do for them hopefully will catch fire and spread throughout this country. Yes. So what are some of the things you want to do for the people you're going to serve?
1: So in the immediate future, um, you know, well, once I get there, uh definitely COVID-19 relief, you know. So that looks like $2,000. I'm 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 standing with those that are already like uh, pushing this um this uh, uh these uh policy, but Two thousand dollars a month for um, COVID nineteen relief. It would be a UBI that would last for a year. Universal you know, basic um, income. Yes, mm-hmm. and and then and then um, making it retroactive. You know, because it's been some months. You know that people didn't receive anything. So. Having that, also um, making sure that there is a real moratorium on evictions, canceling shutoffs, keeping that going because it's you know people are being evicted right now. We have 43 million people that are um, that are at risk right now for being evicted. We have 30 million people that haven't that um, are uh, food insecure, on top of who are already food insecure. So those are a couple of things that um, as far as COVID-19 that I would be pushing for. Uh, And then um, reinvesting in our public education is something that we have to do right now because our children trying to make this decision between are are kids going to school full time? Are they doing the hybrid? Are they going, is it everything online? But we're also talking about um, school districts that weren't prepared for this in the beginning. So we have students where uh, schools are trying to figure out where to get the money to buy Chromebooks so that kids can learn from home. You know, how do they pay for the Wi-Fi to make sure that all the children in their area have the Wi-Fi? Then the other thing is, the tutoring, you know, and then what does that school day look like for those children? Because so many kids, they it was hard for them to learn online. So yeah, we don't want them going into the schools to possibly contract COVID, but them learning at home is, is there are barriers to yes. that. It's really difficult for children, even for children who were A students, you know, they ended up being B students just because of having a hard time learning that way. So putting more money into our uh, public education to make sure that we get those tutors, that we put other resources there, you know, for our children. We didn't have what we needed in the first place. You know, let's be real. Um, And then the way that we do that, let's start by going, uh, that money that was taken from our federal education system and put in the private prison industry. Come on. That's what we need to go back and we need to go get that money and put that money back. We can't continue to over-incarcerate in our communities and under-educate and think that we will have a thriving um, America.
2: That's it. You, you said it. That is absolutely it. Hello Somebody is a production of Large Media Network. Our logo and web design was created by Grayson Co. Special thanks to other members of the Hello Somebody team. Tiffany Hale, Pepper Chambers, the hot one, Julia Griffin, Angelo Greco, and Anna Mesa. Now it- you would like to support our production please become a member on patreon.com forward slash hello somebody and finally come join us for more conversation on my social media channels at nina turner